Today we're uh, continuing our alternate message series called Encounters with Jesus. Uh, today, though, I, I just I love this encounter that we get to get into today. Uh, it's actually two encounters that are kind of intertwined, and it you know it's intertwined in a way that kind of makes me think of a good novel where um, you know the author is kind of switching from one scene to another, or from one character to another, and it draws you into the story. Uh, and then when I remember that this isn't a novel, this is an accurate accounting of what actually happened between these people and Jesus. That just, just makes me love it that much more. Uh, the two people that are in this account are people that I think many of us can relate to uh, because we have suffered or are suffering or can expect to suffer in ways similar to what they are experiencing. Uh, one is a man who seems to have things going pretty well. Uh, he's got a good job, high position in the community. Um, he's got family, friends, well-respected. Uh, but then tragedy strikes, like tragedy tends to do. And his precious daughter is dying. The other is a woman who doesn't seem to have it so good. Uh, she is afflicted with a medical condition that has caused her to suffer physically for the last 12 years. Um, in addition, it has bankrupted her to pay for her medical care during that time. Uh, and she is an outcast in society because of the type of condition that it is. And we'll get into that a little bit later. So the, the description is in the book of Mark, chapter 5. We're going to be going through verses 21 through 43. Mark is the second book in the second half of the Bible that we call the New Testament. Uh, I want us to look at that passage in its entirety. And uh, so I've invited a couple of folks to lead us in reading through it together. So Gail and Jeff, why don't you go ahead and come up. Uh, if you're using, I encourage you to open your Bibles. And if you're using a, a Bible from the pew in front of you, it would be on page 840. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the, of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, and he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. 
he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kuhum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Thank you, Jeff and Gail. It's, it's amazing how, as a parent, no matter how big your child gets, you still think of them as your little girl or your little boy. Jairus's daughter is 12 years old. doesn't sound that big to probably a lot of us, but in that culture, that's almost marrying age. Uh, and yet Jairus says to Jesus, my little daughter is dying. Please come. He pleads with Jesus. And the woman, it says she was freed from her suffering, not relieved from her suffering, but freed from it because it had so consumed her and so oppressed her over the last 12 years that relief was not enough. These two were were hurting people, no doubt, and there was nothing that this world could offer either one of them. And uh, we're told explicitly the woman had spent all her money on doctors uh, trying to deal with this, a bunch of different ones, and nothing was working. In fact, things were getting worse. Jairus would have had the means to, uh, to pay for medical care and um, probably did. It doesn't say here whether he did or not. Um, but he evidently had given up on the idea of doctors because he had come to the conclusion that his little girl was not just sick, she was dying. Both of these two were hurting, but neither of them were hopeless. Each of them placed their faith in Jesus, and, uh, and they'd been given a faith that is not just a let's give Jesus a try faith, but a falling-at-his-feet faith. Jairus came to Jesus, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. He somehow knew, that, he somehow knew who Jesus was, and uh, he turned his desperate situation and, frankly, the life of his little girl completely over to Jesus. He knew, he knew that Jesus could heal her. And uh, when he later, he did have his moment of doubt. When his friends came to pronounce that his daughter had already died, Jesus told him, just believe. Just have falling at my feet faith. And he did. 
The woman tried to be more incognito. But that, that was not a lack of faith. That was more probably having to do with the fact that she didn't have the social standing that Jairus did and so was just trying to um, you know, not be turned away. But uh, still, in spite of that challenge and of probably having given up all hope uh, that any doctor would be able to cure her, <clears throat> she somehow knew that, Je- that Jesus could. She somehow knew that through Jesus, I will be healed. And when she came forward, she too fell at his feet. And then Jesus told her, your faith has healed you. Your falling at my feet, faith. Falling at his feet, faith. Uh, allows us to overcome the evil in this world that causes the kind of suffering that these two were enduring. The suffering, the sorrow. Uh, in a later book in the New Testament, John, who's one of the other, one of the 12 apostles chosen by Jesus, explains that everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. For every child of God defeats the evil, defeats this evil world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So when you put that together into a single statement of truth, you have something that is just huge. That we achieve victory over the evil in this world through our falling at his feet faith. That's huge. Now that's different than let's just give Jesus a try faith. Or I'll go to church on Sundays faith. It's, it's different. It's something else. Jesus does amazing things with falling at his feet, faith. So it's important that we grasp that difference between what God means faith to be and what we so often think of or see faith to be today. I think it's safe to say that everywhere in the Bible where you see the word faith, you could insert that phrase, falling at his feet right before it. In fact, I encourage you to do that as you read your Bible. Everywhere you see the word faith, put that phrase in there because that's, I'm convinced, what God means when he talks about faith. And in these encounters uh, between Jesus and the woman and Jairus, I think Jesus is showing us a little bit about what falling at his, faith, at his feet faith is. So that's what I want us to look at a little bit more closely today is more about what falling at his feet faith is. And first, I see that it is pervasive. It's pervasive. In other words, it's universally available. It doesn't matter who you are or what you have done. The gift of faith is available to you. God gave the gift of faith to both Jairus and to the woman, even though they, they couldn't have been more different 
in society's eyes from each other. Uh, let's take a look at some of these differences. Jairus uh, is an elected leader. He's an elected ruler of the synagogue, important position. The woman, first of all, she's a woman, and in this culture, that already sets her a rung blower. And we see in the scripture, we're not even given her name. She is evidently unimportant compared to Jairus. Jairus is seen as righteous. He, he knows the Jewish law. He follows the Jewish law. He, he uh, worships regularly. The woman is seen as unclean. According to Jewish law, the bleeding that she was experiencing would make her unfit to worship and even unfit to be around anyone who is considered clean. Jairus has this 12-year-old daughter that he evidently loves dearly, and I have to assume that he's had 12 years of joy being a parent to her. And the woman, during that same period of time, has been suffering terribly in all those ways that we mentioned. Jairus would have plenty of money, good-paying job. Um, he has, he, you know, he's got money, but we see that she, she has nothing. Everything she had and is getting has been spent on medical care. So pretty big differences between these two, and you could look at that contrast and argue that Jairus was better equipped to be a person of great faith. Certainly in this culture, that's the way it would be seen. But uh, to Jesus, it doesn't matter a bit. In fact, at one point, Jesus was asked by people, what must we do to do the works God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Just believe. Just have falling at his feet faith. And I think, I've I got to believe that when Jesus referred to the work of God as this, he did those little finger quote things <laughs> around that word work. He said, the work of God is this, have falling at his feet in faith. Because what he's really saying is that there, there is no work that you can do that is enough. Instead, just have falling at his feet in faith. And another apostle, Paul, explains that having that kind of faith is it's not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. And that's what Jairus and the woman had in common. They had been given that gift. They had been given a recognition that, uh, that they needed Jesus, and they had a deep-felt, heart-rooted faith that he would overcome their suffering. Now, uh, their faith was fresh, and, and their understanding of it was not perfect, uh, but that also didn't matter to Jesus. You see, it, it doesn't matter who you are, or what you have done, or, um, uh, uh, or, or how full your understanding of faith is, God will give it to you and grow it in you in, regardless of that. 
So the, the questions that we have to ask ourselves are questions like, am I making myself available to accept God's gift of faith? Or am I putting up walls based on my thinking that I don't need Jesus? Or I'm not worthy of Jesus? Uh, am, I, am I counting on what... or To grow my faith, what am I counting on? Am I counting on what I am doing to grow my faith? Or am I counting on what God is doing in my life? So a, a second aspect I see here of falling at his feet faith is that it is personal. Personal. Jesus knows that belief is a personal decision. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds say I am? And they replied, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that uh, one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he asked. What about you? Who do you say I am? And Peter answered, the Christ of God. And I, 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 Jesus effectively responds with, well, all right. Now we're getting somewhere. In spite of what the crowds think, you personally believe that I am the Christ. Similarly with, with Jairus and the woman, Jesus uh, insisted on a very personal interaction with each of them. When Jairus first approached Jesus, uh, Jesus could have said, go home, your daughter will live. He did that, he healed that way several times in his ministry. But he didn't. Instead, he personally went with Jairus side by side together. And then when Jairus' friends came and told him that his daughter had died and he had that moment of doubt, um, I sure get the impression that Jesus put his hands on his shoulders and looked him in the eye and said, don't be afraid, just believe. He's effectively saying, if you believe in who I am, and not that I am just some guy that has impressive healing power, but who I am, then you know that this isn't over. With the woman, Jesus could have let her remain anonymous. And he turns and asks, who touched me? Well, he knows who touched him. We, there's all sorts of other times where in Scripture, where we see that Jesus knows things like that. He wanted her to come forward. And he, 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 apparently he wanted that to show her and to show everyone else that, uh, that this is not about touching his clothing. This is about her faith in who he is. 
So the questions for us, I think, are things like, who do I say that Jesus is? If I really believe that he is the Son of God, am I living like it? And if, if I don't believe that, what do I believe? And is that really worth believing? Thirdly, falling at his feet faith is powerful. Powerful. We talked about that huge truth to, that we achieve victory over the evil that causes suffering in this world through our falling at his feet faith. That's huge. And, and to appreciate that power even more, we need to understand that it doesn't matter what the evil is or what it's doing to you. It doesn't matter what your suffering is or what your fear is. Falling at his feet, faith overcomes all of it, any of it. We see it here. The woman, was, she was suffering in multiple ways. We talked about physically because of the bleeding, uh, and you know, there may have been pain involved, certainly discomfort. She must have been exhausted all the time. She was broke. I don't know if you've been broke, but that's pretty distressing. And being unclean, she suffered socially and relationally as well. She wasn't facing death, but I'll bet there were times when she wished she was. Jairus, on the other hand, he was facing probably the most traumatic death that any of us could ever face, the death of our own child. These are huge problems, huge. And none of, us, none of us could deal with those on our own. But that doesn't matter because none of them are too big for God to handle. And I, I, I know that many of you could testify to that truth. <clears throat> I want to bring someone up who is going to provide <clears throat> his testimony um, to the power of falling at his feet, faith. Uh, so I want to invite Don to Don Cheney to go ahead and come up, and I'm going to turn the mic over to Don. My face started about 30 years years ago, and and, uh, and being relieved of uh, the dependence on alcohol. Jesus was there. He gave me the faith to overcome. The drinking I had, if I hadn't, I, I can't even imagine where I'd be today. And that was a real mountain I had to, had to climb. And uh, it, it was tough, but he was there. He was there by my side. He gave me the faith and he gave me the strength to do it. But then about four years ago, I started another mountain. And uh, I really didn't realize it because what I would do, I usually daily... I'd run three to five miles a day. Uh, I went to the gym, worked out about an hour and a half. But I noticed that my strength was going, and I couldn't do what I had been able to do. And uh, I was beginning to lose my strength, and I finally got to the point that I couldn't do that anymore. Um, I went to the doctor, 
and uh, as this lady in the uh, message, and the doctor's there, and he he's run through tests that you can't even imagine the tests that he's he's run me through. I di- I didn't even know some of them existed, but they found nothing, and they still haven't found anything, and I'm still going. And uh, in fact, my next one is going to be an ectocardiogram, and uh, I've I've had a, a pretty intensive thing on the heart. I they've done everything there is to do. They find nothing, just like this lady in the Bible. But my faith is there because I know Jesus is right there by my side. He gives me the strength to deal with it and to do what I I, I have to do. Uh, I've I've lost about forty pounds, and uh, my daily activities are just pretty much almost nothing. If I do anything like uh, I do too much in the morning, I'm usually gone for the rest of the day. Uh, I'm tired. Uh, I usually will lay down during the day, and I'll take an hour to two hour nap, and then I go to bed early. That's kind of what my day is like. There's really not much I can do anymore. Uh, if it hadn't been for my wife, uh, much, a lot of stuff, she's been there for me. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. She helps me. She supports me. And God has been good to give me the wife I have. There's been people at church that have come out and helped me with things I need to do around the, around the house. I, we, we live on five acres. It's... It's a little tough to keep that going, but uh, some of the men of the church have come out. They, they, they help me, and they, they take care of a lot of that stuff that needs to be done. God is good. He's faithful. My faith has been in him. I still have my faith in him. I believe that one of these days, it'll be resolved. I tell the doctors that you may not be able to find it out, but I'm a believer, and I believe it. God knows, and when he's ready... He'll, he'll tell you guys, and then you can do what you need to do. And most of them just kind of look at me and smile. I've had one at OHSU that didn't like it, but that's okay. If I can talk about God to anybody, I'll do it. If I can testify to anybody about God, I will do it. If there's anybody you know, here that's having problems, maybe similar to what I'm doing, whether it be physical whether it could be alcohol, it could be drugs, or whatever it is, your elders and the pastor are here to help you. You know, just come and talk to us, and we'll do whatever we can. And uh, we're here, we're here to help you, and I, most of all, I, I, I will, because I know what it is to go through, to go through the many things in life that can really, can really take you down. But God, as faithful as he is, he's there for you, he takes you through it. He gives you the strength. And uh, I, I, I owe everything I have to him. And uh, I'd just like to, if you would, we'll just do a little prayer. Father, we're so thankful for you. We're thankful for everything you do in our lives. You're there. You're faithful to us. Your word is faithful. Everything you say in your word is true. And you fulfill it, Father. And we're so thankful. Father, I'm praying for anybody that may be here today that's dealing with problems that just 
just overwhelming them, Father. That they will, they will come and do something and, and talk to somebody uh, for the help they need. Most of all, Father, that they'll come to you. They will, they will take that faith that you promised them. And, and you will fulfill it, Father. You're faithful. I know that. I've, I've learned that over the last 30 years, and specifically this last four years, which has been a tough four years, but you're there. And I thank you for it. I do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Don has falling at his feet faith. And uh, so I think, you know, the questions for us are things like, what kind of faith do I have? Do I have falling at his feet faith? Or am I, is my faith more, I'll give Jesus a try faith? Or I'll go to church on Sunday faith? Or whatever other definition you want to give it. How equipped am I to deal with the evil that is going to come? in this world. It's, uh, it is important to understand that God does not tell us here that suffering isn't going to happen. Uh, he doesn't tell us that faith eliminates the evil that causes that kind of suffering. He, what he tells us is that faith overcomes it. And uh, it will be eliminated eventually. But uh, in the meantime, our faith will continue to be tested. Our victory over the evil that causes suffering does not mean that we won't suffer. It means it, that we will look at it very differently. If not eliminated, it becomes not important. And it becomes short because we know our days of joy with Jesus are long. So, um, so what now? First, what do we do with this? First, just let me con- encourage you to consider those questions that I threw out along the way. And, uh, and then let me ask you to consider an encounter Jesus had, and it was described just a few chapters later in the book of Mark, uh, the same book that we're in. Uh, a father has brought his son to Jesus. The boy is, uh, he's possessed, they believe he's possessed by a spirit, and that spirit uh, causes him to not be able to speak. It causes him to go into seizure mode. Um, It causes him to foam at the mouth. And when Jesus gets near the boy, he goes into one of these episodes. Jesus asks the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into a fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Did you, did you catch that? If you can do anything? It sure sounds a lot like, I'll give Jesus a try, faith. Jesus, of course, picks up on it right away, and I, I love his response. He says, If you can, everything is possible for him who believes. Everything. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, Oh, I I do believe. Help me 
overcome my belief. His, his I do believe, I'm, I'm sure, means I want to believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Give me falling at, my, at your feet, faith. And that's what I, that's the prayer we need to be praying. Because this kind of faith is a gift from God. It can only come from him. It only comes through prayer. And we need to be praying for it. Help me overcome my unbelief. And if he has gifted us with that already, then we need to keep praying for him to grow that faith in us because it will continue to be tested. We may have those moments of doubt just like Jairus and the woman had. Keep praying for growing, falling at his feet, faith. Let's do that. I invite you to bow your heads with me. Father, I just, I just want to... I want to thank you for what you have shown us in your word here in this encounter with Jairus and the woman about what you mean by faith, about falling at Jesus' feet, faith. And I want to thank you for the example that Don has given us and the way that you have gifted him and grown in him that faith. And I ask you, Lord, to do just to do that for each and every one of us in this room, everyone who is hearing this message, I, I ask you to give us that gift and to grow it within us. In Jesus' name, amen.